People ask me if I was going to preach on that second reading from Ephesians. I have no problem with preaching on any of the scriptures, but that one where it says, wives be submissive to your husbands, that is a great scripture. Now, I know some of the women just shot me a look like, yeah, bring it on, okay? But here's here's the deal. He said, wives be submissive to your husbands as Christ was to God. Jesus laid down his life. We're just asking you to follow your husband once in a while, not to die for him. He's supposed to die for you. So, well, now we can get rid of that scripture. We can go into what I really wanted to preach about. And this is the gospel. I love this gospel. It's one of my favorite gospels because I think most Christian people in our world today, we look around and we say, ah, gosh. I mean, we still don't have everybody back from the pandemic. Okay? And so you sit there and you think, well, I want to come back, but I, I, ju- I just can't come back yet, and I'm, I'm nervous about it, I'm anxious about it. And then you see in the scripture where the d- same thing was happened. The disciples turned and they said, we're no longer going to stay with you because you're just too much. You're asking too much of us. And he turns to the apostles and he says, are you going to leave me too? And we have that profession from Peter that says, to where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. And once you have that conviction in your life, your life has changed. Now, I'm a priest, so my life is built predominantly around the church. But I have a family. I've got brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews, and and they take up some of my time, but most of my time is given to the church. And you know, you sit and you think, now come on, God, what's all this about? Why am I giving, classic example, after Mass today, I've got confessions and I have to run down to Vince, um, not St. Vincent's, to Methodist, the enemy, to Methodist Hospital um, downtown because they're unplugging a guy tonight and they want me to anoint him before they unplug him. So, and I said, I'll be there, but I won't get there till about 8 o'clock. I said, okay. However, in our lives, we have experiences of God. And I want to share one with you that I had. And it happened about a year and a half ago. It was on Holy Thursday. And um, if you've ever been to Holy Spirit Parish, and that's where I was before I came here, there's a massive crucifix in the front of the church. Massive. I mean, bigger than life. Probably Jesus is over six feet tall in, in this statue. And it was a statue that was in my home parish when I was little. I don't have any memory of it in the parish, but when my brothers and sisters all came to Holy Spirit, they went, that's the crucifix from our parish. There was a fire, and it was put in the basement, and then later on, they were going to throw it out, and somebody said, I give you 70 bucks for that. And so they got the money, and they brought it to Father Phil, and gave it to him, and he was always whining, and he would say, they spent 70 or maybe 75 dollars for this, and it cost us a thousand dollars to get it fixed. And so one day I looked at the back of it. It's a DePrado from Italy. It's worth between thirty-five dollars and $40,000. I told him, zip your lip. Quit complaining. Okay. So it's up in the church, and it's Holy Thursday, and it's massive, okay? It's bigger, tall, much taller than I am, probably two to three feet taller. And it's up against the back wall, and I have a tradition on Holy Thursday because high school and college kids do this thing where they try to get to seven different churches to experience the adoration there. And so 
we, adoration goes on till midnight and then it stops. So these kids are coming in and out and I'm watching them. But I always like to be there in case there's a problem or there's a question. So about 10 o'clock, they start clearing out. By 10.30, they're all gone. And I'm sitting in a pew and I'm looking this way at the altar and this way at the Blessed Sacrament. And slowly but surely, everybody, everybody is leaving. And there's two people left. There's a woman who's sitting right up over here by the Blessed Sacrament and myself sitting here so I can see the crucifix and the Blessed Sacrament. And we're kind of just looking back and forth. And all at once, I look at Jesus and God is my witness. He went... And he moved. And he did this for just over an hour. And I kept looking at him and looking at the Blessed Sacrament and thinking, this is too much. It's, it's, it's hard to believe. And I keep looking at this other woman thinking, I wish I knew who she was. But I didn't know who she was. I couldn't see her face. And she's, again, probably eight pews behind the, um, where I was sitting, <clears throat> or in front of where I was sitting. Now, this continues for an hour, and I keep looking and thinking, it must be cars coming down the front driveway and the lights playing with it, but I was just being silly because there were no cars coming down our driveway, and I was sure it must have been something from the side windows, and you know, you're looking around, nothing made sense, and then all went to dawn to me, this isn't supposed to make sense. This is supposed to be something I'm just supposed to experience. So I watch it, and at midnight, this woman stands up and she goes out the door. And as she turns to go out the door, I thought, I know her. I know her, she's a prisoner. Not only do I know her, I had one of her weddings. Keyword being one of her weddings. Okay. And so I watch her leave and I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. And I lock up and gather all the things from the washing of the feet and all that stuff you use and I go home and I go to bed that night and I'm sitting there thinking that did not happen that could not have happened but I knew I could see him like this and moving like this obviously his hands couldn't move but he was doing like that kind of like get me off this cross and a couple days later I was at daily mass and who walked in but this woman. And so afterwards I was talking, I said, well, how are you doing? And you know, what's new in your life? And all when she looked at me and she said, don't act like you didn't see that crucifix moving. <laughs> and I said, you saw that? And she said, yes, I did. Now, this woman really is one of those people who's working on her spiritual life. She has a sister who's a Carmelite nun in a cloister. And I'm like, so what do you think about this? And she said, I called my sister and I told her and I said what did she say and she said he wanted to tell you something that's between you and God so they didn't give us any help okay but it was one of those things that as I go through life this scripture means more to me you know where am I to go what am I to do I believe that you're the son of God I believe that he came to die for me and maybe one or two of you okay but the, that was funny, okay? Um, but, here's, but here's the key. We don't get all the answers in life. Oftentimes we get more questions than we get answers. 
But if you experience God, you experience God. If you talk to him in your daily life, you're talking to him. That's why we're here. You never lose faith. You never give up faith. But you seek faith every single day of your life. And in seeking, you will find it, but not on your calendar and not on your time, but when God knows you are ready. That's the challenge of this gospel, to seek God every day of our life, to teach our children to seek God every day of their life. And when he comes to you, don't run away, but embrace him. Why? Because he's there to embrace us. He's there to save us. He died on that cross to save us. And in return, we're called to reach out and help bring other people to Jesus Christ. Any questions? I always let the grade school kids, and they've got great questions, but old people get kind of boring. No questions? <laughs>